This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. If you've listened to me for any period of time, you know that I I like to shine a spotlight on mental illnesses. And whenever it comes across my desk that I can maybe explore a mental illness so we can have the conversation, you know, bring it out of the shadows, as they say, I, I like to share it with you. And so there is a, an open house that's coming up and the, um, the company's called Inner Solutions Thursday, 4.30 to 7.30. And they're having an open house on borderline personality disorder. And I thought, okay, borderline personality disorder, is that a mental illness? Do I really understand what it's all about? And that's why I thought it was a good idea to have Donna Hughes in. She's a registered psych nurse, therapist, and executive director, president of Inner Solution. She joins us today. Hello, Donna. Hello, Angela. And so hopefully you're the person with all the answers because I... I see the word borderline personality disorder and I'm thinking, okay, wait, is this, is this like a schizophrenia? What is borderline personality disorder? Well, borderline personality disorder is something that I've taken a special interest in for the last 16 years because it is a very complicated disorder. And think disorder, not illness. Although in the most severe times and episodes, this can have a lot of features of illness. Borderline personality disorder is a very difficult um, package of symptoms. I can list those if you like. And they are hard to differentiate from many other conditions and disorders. And they can mock or mimic a lot of other disorders. That's, that's why it's called borderline personality disorder. It, is, it borders on a lot of other disorders. Well, and that's why maybe even when I think of schizophrenia, I think of schizophrenia as someone with multiple personalities, but this is borderline personality disorder. So you, you start from the beginning then. What, what are some of the symptoms? Well, I can tell you technically if you were being assessed in the hospital or by a clinician, you would be looking at behavior and that was pervasive over years not just an episode, not just a weekend, not just while you're finishing high school. This is a pattern of behavior where there's high intense emotional reactivity. And this is the key that most people want to look for, high intense emotional reactivity and a very slow return to baseline emotional sort of tone. The highest reacting people, and it's different than bipolar disorder right i was even i was going to say this sounds like bipolar but no no because bipolar will change in a more systematic way even if it were considered rapid cycling it's not borderline disorder borderline disorder their mood will change with the situation or what their mind has been contemplating and it can be intense and this is the real indicator it's the intensity so on a scale of zero to ten People with borderline disorder, their mood shifts so rapidly, they barely see it going from a 0 to a 10. And by the time they're at an 8, 9, 10, they're not thinking rationally. They're probably functioning poorly. There's a high element of impulsivity that goes with these mood states. The mood state might be anger, controlling anger, which is one of the big sort of indicators. But this can be a mood state of depression. It can be a mood state of anxiety. It can be happiness, 
people with borderline disorder can become extremely happy. And when the mindset or the circumstance changes, that can just evaporate like nothing. And this is a pervasive pattern over years. This affects them, this mood instability, in a way that they don't have a sense of themselves. It shifts so often, and it actually starts in adolescence and early adulthood now. We, there was a time we didn't think adolescents could be diagnosed with borderline disorder, but they can be. So it becomes something that is very pervasive, and it's treatable, but it's hard to assess hard to know what to treat, whether you're treating the depression or the anxiety or the impulsiveness. It's hard to know. So you need somebody who knows what they're looking at and uh, open to understanding it really well. Don, even when you say mood state, so Mm -hmm. give me, can you give me an idea how long that state would even be? How long they'd be in this uh, particular mood? Essentially, thinking about, you know, we've heard that expression, you can work yourself up. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can work yourself down. So if you were thinking about an event that you were going to, and that event might mean there's going to be somebody there that caused you a lot of stress in the past. You didn't like them, for example. You would start to feel anxious. You'd start to probably think about how you're going to cope with that or whether you even want to go. And then more thoughts would start to bubble up in all that. And then pretty soon you'd start to get either very, very fearful if you're sort of inclined or you'd be angry. And that can stay as long as you stay in that mindset. That can be for days. But quite often, it isn't. It'll shift, and people will sort of shut it down, and they'll function as if there's really nothing going on. And this is another mystery to the families that lived with people with this disorder, is that this shift that is unexplained, why you were just feeling that, why are you now? So it'll change with situation or what they're thinking about. And and you even touched on, you know, maybe worrying about someone that caused you some pain in the past that you might run into them on the weekend. So do we even know what causes this disorder? Like if you're saying it could happen in adolescence, is this yep. is this some traumatic event? Well, you know, that's the cool part of the research that's been happening in the last 15 years. There's more and more indication that borderline disorder is a... Um, We call it emotion dysregulation disorder, meaning they're highly sensitive mood sort of shifting people biologically. So think about somebody who is very sensitive. Every family will probably find someone who will find themselves as this sensitive one. And this means that that part of your brain that picks up and processes emotion might be um, one of the people that we take our greatest theory from, Dr. Marshall Linehan, describes it as a grape without a skin. And that's tough to be in the world. If you're very, very sensitive in that way, you'll see that in childhood and adolescence. If you're not, then it'll be an ordinary experience. And trauma, truly trauma, can make that emotional reactivity evident. So when you're assessing, we have to look at whether this is more biological or whether it really was an influence of the environment and inevitably one affects the other. 
Gee, I, I'm kind of scratching my head here because I think it must be hard for a family to even think. Like when you start saying if a member of your family is a little more sensitive, and especially if you also combine that with it could show up in adolescence, I think there's a lot of hormones at play with young girls when they're teenagers. No so, kidding. you know, I, I guess that's what what would families have to look for? Um, again, the, the deep moods that are hard to shift. This is something that can look like puberty. And many times some of the behaviors are really just the behaviors of pu- puberty. And it, the problem is you don't outgrow it. So when you'd normally expect adolescence to be over, you think all of this moodiness and these behaviors and this reactivity. And there's some people um, that are very external in expressing their emotions and they're very um, high functioning. Those people are different than the other subset of people with borderline. They can be very low functioning and internalize a lot of their emotion. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to see this. There's high functioning and low functioning people. There's the ones that express it outward and the ones that take it inward. So a family with an adolescent that was really high functioning and took it inward might not notice anything's going on until they're not able to function in school or the hallmark symptom of this disorder, Angela, the hallmark symptom in the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual is self-harm, the cutting behaviors, and suicidality. That might be the first thing that draws attention to there being something the matter. Wow. Well, that, mm-hmm. you, you hate to hear of suicidality in case you find out too late and they're actually successful. Uh, Donna, hold on here because obviously I've got some questions about uh, is there the treatment? Is there a cure? Yeah. Do you outgrow this? Donna Hughes yeah. is my guest this half hour and uh, she is with Inner Solutions. Because there obviously are so many questions around borderline personality disorder, I, I wanted to let you know that there is going to be an open house on Thursday, 4.30 to 7.30 at Inner Solutions solutions which is on 1a street southwest but i want to find out more about this because wow this is confusing i'm angela cocott you're listening to calgary today on news talk 770 back after this and you may have heard of it before borderline personality disorder but donna hughes is spending this half hour with me just to answer some of the questions and she is a registered psych nurse therapist and executive director of inner solutions donna is there a cure well Treatment is very effective, and there was a long time when we thought you couldn't treat this disorder whatsoever, and that is so not true. Treatment means that somebody who's had a long series, this is not 10 sessions or brief therapy, this is entering into a learning environment with a therapist and helping people become very self-aware and change their reactions and responses. So with that, 65 to 70 percent of clients that get into treatment are in full remission. They don't have the main symptoms of BPD. They will still be emotionally sensitive people. But in many ways, we like to tell people this emotional sensitivity is no different than living with any other condition. If you had diabetes, epilepsy, or something else, you'd have to learn how to live with that and build a good life. We have a motto, build a life worth living. So it's very treatable. If people get in and make good use of treatment probably the first thing is recognizing this sounds like aa but recognizing that you have a problem 
Because oh. is that the problem? It's it, it's it's part of you. It's almost it would be that the family members or loved ones have to bring it to your attention because this is something that you may have been living with since adolescence. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Good. There's the key is to help people understand there's no shame in this and there's no blaming other people for it. This is a problem that has solutions and with compassion and helping the person, even if they're kids, young kids, adolescents, the whole family will be involved in that way with treatment. But this is about becoming able to manage this emotional intensity. Now, does it happen that, especially if you're trying to broach the subject with a loved one, that they can have a whole different personality at work and be, you know, Jekyll and Hyde at home? Like that people might not understand that. What are you talking about? That, that, that guy's a, a, I have no issues with him. Yeah, you're talking about the higher functioning people yeah. that can literally put on their public face like all of us do. You know, we keep home at home and then we come to work. And the difference with, with these kinds is they can, the high functioning people can absolutely do that for long periods of time. They function very, very well in prescribed roles. And this spans all socioeconomic. This is from people that might be down and out, but people are very high functioning and they do well with structure and they do well in a role. Now, come home when everybody's you know, grumpy at the end of the day. They can't keep it up forever, and relationships start to suffer. This is why it's called a personality disorder. It affects how they feel about themselves and how they're able to be in a healthy relationship with others. If you don't feel good about yourself, it's not likely you're going to have a very positive, a very positive uh, ability to be in a relationship with someone else. Uh, someone texted in here and said, BPD is just like a hormonal pregnant woman. I have BPD and it feels like you have emotions a hundred times stronger than the average person. Does that make yeah. sense to you? Yes. Oh, and that's the description. Many clients with borderline disorder talk about pain. It's visceral pain. Their emotions are so heightened. And the problem with that is without treatment and without self-management, they can get up in that eight, nine, ten out of 10 and you can actually get an experience of being stuck there you know it's kind of like you're just so tired you're overtired you yeah. can't do anything right. they can have that too uh, um okay so back to the therapy though is it is yeah. it a lot of talk therapy or is there uh prescriptions medicine medication yeah. involved well you know there's five areas that we look at there's symptoms in the in the way they think and how they perceive and when you're in an emotional state of mind or mood then your mind is also not processing things very well so the, the whole thinking cognitive area then there's the mood and the emotions then there's these behaviors if there's a lot of high symptomatology in that including with adolescents that are impulsive and doing risky things medication might be able to tone that down but medication doesn't cure or fix this. It's not like having a, a course of antibiotics and then you're better. But some people, the highly sensitive people, have some highly sensitive reactions to meds too. Sometimes they help. It's up to the client to know if those meds help, especially with sleep. The sleep and that whole piece is very, very difficult. When you're emotional, you can't sleep. And if you don't sleep, you're even more emotional. Oh, yeah, then I so just, yeah. That's where a time when sometimes medications help with some of that, or the mood and the anger mood. Sometimes there's some meds that will help with that. But it's not the be-all and end-all. Just meds won't manage this. 
people have to learn skills. So the gold standard treatment, and they now have one identified, is called dialectical behavioral therapy. And it involves individual therapy. So the therapist gets to know you and you know them and they help you aim at some targets. What do you want to change and learn? And this is the cool part about this therapy is there's a huge part where you learn skills, you learn strategies, you learn ways of being able to be aware and think while you're emotional. And that learning is delivered in a class, small class group format. And there's different lengths of time. Some people have done it in 10 weeks. Some people do it in 24. Lower-function people take much longer or might repeat the course. But that's a gotta combination be, That's got to be expensive, in, doesn't it, Donna? Well, you know, I help put the program into the Alberta Health Services. There is one there. Mm-hmm. And if you meet full criteria borderline and can wait the wait list, you can get there. So it's good. And I wish they had more. There's some happening down in South Calgary now. There's lots of people with some bits of knowledge out there that can offer clients some skills and manage it that way. But if you really have the diagnosis, you should get into the full treatment protocol. If you can at AHS, if you can't, then obviously through private therapy. Yeah. And, and as you say, private therapy, that's usually where it's a little more pricey. Someone here says, my girlfriend went through the DBT program. I'm not sure if she just got the acronym wrong, but here in Calgary for her borderline personality disorder, she just graduated a few months ago. She loved how much the program has helped her. She recommends it to anyone who has borderline personality disorder. So I'm not that's sure. There, yeah, DBT is the, is oh, just the, the letters for dialectical behavior therapy. That's and, it, the dialectical. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And there is one down at Sheldon Schumer. Uh, like I said, I was part of that, getting that going some years ago now. And th- it works. If people stay with it, it works. And this is where the other part about, it's a big commitment to treatment, but the co-occurring problems like addictions, um, uh, the health, the problem it takes on ability to work and function is major, the impact it has on families. So if people were able to see their way clear, to see this as treatable, get it treated, do what it takes to make it actually livable, then it really isn't expensive, Angela. It's expensive to not treat it is what it is. Well, someone just also texted and said, my adult child has been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. He's been suicidal, has refused treatment. We're lost as to where to go now. What advice do they have for those of us whose children have been in treatment but refuse to continue with it? I mean, it's an adult child, so... And this is a theme throughout it all because it's very, very difficult to admit you have this and to think you can learn how to manage it. And all I can say is don't give up hope. The families need support. They need education and support. That's available if they search. Um, It's a long-standing condition. It's pervasive. They'll always be emotional people. Yeah. And, And without sort of some guiding principles and living a stable life... The potential of their life is very much shortened. They aren't going to live. Half the people with BPD that meet full criteria borderline disorder, Mm. half of them, even with treatment, can't work full time. Wow. Donna, Donna, we're out of time, but you know, as I said, I wanted to at least be able to talk about this for people who haven't heard about it before, but um, it's Inner Solutions. You're having an open house on Thursday if people have more questions, and I appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you as well. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.